Hey guys, I'm Alan Beek and welcome to Barber Soup, my unedited and unscripted Thinking Out Loud podcast. I'm going to be sharing my personal experiences and discussing topics related to the hair industry and my journey so far. So sit back, relax, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome back to Barber Soup and this episode is titled Get Shit Done. Something that will become a lot evident as to why I named it that as we go through the podcast. But before we start, I feel like it's really important that I do cover some of the world's current situation. I'm really, really trying to break through all the negative thoughts of what's going on at the moment. And I'm just trying to ride the wave. There's nothing I can do or say to change the situation. So I'm just learning that I've got to roll with it. We have to learn that life isn't fair and we don't always get what we want. But the one thing we can do at this moment is just comply and stick to the guidelines that the government has given us. And if everybody stands together by doing what the second little piggy did and stay the fuck at home, then the fast where the faster that all our lives will be a lot safer and everyone can get back to work and continue to live their lives. I've got a lot of my own personal views on the situation, but a personal opinion is very much just like having an arsehole. Everyone's got one, but it's best kept to yourself. Especially if you're in the public eye, you just have, you have to be unbiased and impartial. But I read something the other day that and this really hit home to me. So I'd like you to put yourself in this position. All of a sudden you come down with the coronavirus symptoms. Your chest is tight and you're struggling to breathe. You've got a temperature and people react completely different to the virus. And statistics have said that about 30% of the world's population has already had it. But anyway... You, you react badly to it. Doctors confirm that it is the virus and then they ask you who you've come into contact with over the last two weeks. Now the answer that you give them, the people that you've been in contact with, are you going to be proud to tell them who you've been in contact with? Are you going to be embarrassed to tell them? Now my age and my health, I think I'd be completely fine. Well, I, I hope that I will be anyway. And I had asthma as a kid, which, you know, could have gone down to my children which we don't even know about yet, and my mother and father-in-law are in their 70s. So we're all surrounded by people who are high risk, and I don't want to be the person passing it on to them. It's not me I'm actually worried about. It's obviously who you could pass it on to and the, the damage that you could do by being in contact with people that are high risk. So when it comes to all this time off and and work-wise, my functionality level is so high that with the dramatic change, I've had a difficult time dealing with it. But I'm the kind of person that when I get into something, it becomes an addiction like work or training or how I used to be with drinking. And I'm definitely the kind of person that's all or nothing. If you're so focused on something and that strong will to keep it going, whether it be a sport and alcohol or drug addiction, and your mind is always thinking about it and you're obsessing about it. I'd like I'd controversially say that it's not an addictive personality you have because it's something that I hear all the time. I have an addictive personality, which means every time you get into something, you obsess about it. But it's not an addictive personality. It's just evidence of how strong-willed you are. Something that I learned from the book Stop Drinking by Alan Carr, who proves that there's no such thing as an addictive personality. It's just highly focused and strong-willed personalities. It's just not obviously not nice when you're focusing on something like meth or crack. But that being said, my last and most healthiest addiction I've had is my work. So that being taken away from me, it's hard for some people to understand why it's affected me so much. But 
the podcast definitely helping. And again, I've had a really good reaction from it. So I'm going to continue to do it. And you can say that doing the podcast is like methadone to my heroin. It's not the real thing, but it's a, a good substitute. But for now, that's all I'm going to say in terms of the coronavirus. And in future, the only things I'm going to mention about it are, are things like positive news of when we're going to get back on track. I think the best thing that we can all do whilst we're in isolation is just to keep yourself busy, not just physically active, but mentally active. Danielle put me onto a, a meditation app called Calm, if anyone's heard of that. If you're just having a little bit of a wobble, go on there and do a two-minute meditation just to kind of reset your mind, bring you back down to earth. And it's something that is very, very new to me and something that I'm really, really going to try and do just to help me gain some focus back. And in terms of what I'm doing physically is walking a lot, taking the kids out, obviously trying to entertain two children under the age of three. It's been extremely difficult. The dog is loving it because she's getting walks all the time. I think it's really, really important that we keep up with social media. Now, social media is just a massive, massive tool and a great platform to be showing your work. Now, if we stop social media completely, you can see that your following will drop as you are inactive. And people are very, very fickle. They don't like inactive people. So in the next episode, I'm going to kind of go through a lot of techniques and a lot of methods of how to increase your social media following and just make your your social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Grinder, all of them, just make them all as, as strong as possible and try and use this negative as a huge positive. Now, there's a guy called Paul McGee, who's um, a really, really cool author. Uh, he's from Manchester as well. And he had found, it wasn't directly from him, but he found a, defin a new definition of the word hope. H-O-P-E help other possibilities emerge. And I think that's an, an incredible euphemism for the way that we can deal with this situation. We can do lots of things that we wouldn't normally do because we'd be stuck behind the chair for 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And we can help other possibilities emerge. This podcast would never ever have come out if it wouldn't have been for isolation time and being able to write some notes, think of the subjects that I wanna talk about and physically sitting down researching how to make them, how, where to put them, which platform to put them on and which software to use, which equipment to use, everything. And I wouldn't have been able to share some information with you guys. So now it's time for some actual work. And I'm going to start by going straight into what drives us and what gets us up and out of bed in the morning. As humans, we're driven by many, many things and all of which can be categorized under two types of motivation extrinsic motivation or external motivation and intrinsic or internal motivation so basically what's on the inside and what's on the outside either way it's good to have a deep thought of what your main drives are don't be judgmental of yourself when we go into them though because as a drive that's what gets you to make moves and whatever make gets you making moves gets you making moves extrinsic motivations are external rewards things like money fame, followers, likes, comments, or any kind of praise. And I think this is where we get very, very lost in the, our social medias now. When we look at a post, or we look at a picture that we've created that day, we don't look at it and think, right, that's the one that I like the most. 
you think which is the one that's going to get the best reaction and this is an extrinsic motivation and you engage in this kind of behavior not because you enjoy it or find it satisfying but because you get something in return or you would like something in return intrinsic motivations are things that are rewarded internally wanting to help someone wanting people around you to be happy wanting them to be successful being happy to provide and when your own actions themselves make you feel good that is going to be the reward fulfillment in completing a task like a haircut after putting in a hundred percent effort and being happy with the result money or likes or anything like that doesn't come into play it's literally how you feel internally and it's definitely important to possess both of them and I think personally that it's healthy to have a good balance but a million percent if you only ever focus on the motivation that's intrinsic then all the other things that I mentioned earlier things like earning more money and a better social media following that will happen a lot quicker and a lot more organically it's not shameful when you say you're driven by money or fame, especially if you, you want something that bad and with the right goals and systems in place, whatever your motivation is, you're going to get it no matter what. As long as you're strongly driven, then it will happen. So obviously now we're in isolation, we've got the perfect opportunity to assess and set some goals. And goal setting is something that I started doing a long time ago and it's good to be very, very ambitious, whether you're thinking a new big house or two more shops or a Merc or a Beamer, whatever it is that that you want or what your big, big goal is. But for now, let's just be micro ambitious and start small. And especially if you're new to this. So if you write down these massive goals that take years and years to accomplish, we, we really lose the will to live because we want it fast. Fuck, I, I'm the most impatient person in the world. So it's best to set smaller goals, things like daily, weekly, monthly, and then we work up to yearly goals. When we complete the smaller tasks, there's so much more fulfillment and feeling of accomplishment when we work ourselves into bigger goals then. So here's the task for you guys. Set yourself five goals with a deadline of one week. Now, we're away from work, so it's going to have to be something that's home-related, like five runs, four workouts, paint the shed, Get up to date with your books, put together four Instagram posts, anything that involves some effort and something that you've been putting off or you really need or want to do. And now that you've got them goals written down, completely fuck them off. Write them down or know them off by heart and then get rid of them. What you need to focus on now is the system that you need in place to get them done. So once I have a goal, it's that very thing I stop thinking about and just focus on the system to reach it. Focus completely on the system and the goal will find itself. So let's say, for example, weight is a really, really good example to use. I want to lose half a stone in six weeks. You'd think it's easily done. I've got the time off, but it's not. And if I just try and wing it by running in the morning or doing some weight training and weigh myself every day and just hope that it drops off and just hope that by the end of it, it will have worked. But if I think about the system I need in order to do it, I become less focused on the output and more focused on the input, which is where the, the real work is needed. So I'll do myself a diet plan of what to eat and when to eat it, cut down on sugars, put together a training rotor, which I must stick to, get myself into a calorie deficit, drink metabolizing drinks, and all these factors will contribute to 
to me losing that weight than just constantly thinking about the outcome or the goal. Now let's look at this from a barbering point of view. Whenever I travel or people that I speak to on Instagram, what I hear the most is, I want to be better at cutting longer hair. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? The system for that is dead simple. First of all, we need to find models with longer hair or a mannequin head or your missus. Then we need to make sure we have the right tools, a decent, a decent sectioning comb, and for that I'd recommend the green Cezabon combs. Um, clips, a decent water spray, and scissors that you feel comfortable with. This is work that I'd prefer to use a shorter scissor as you have a lot more control and it's easy to cut closer to your fingers for accuracy. Then we need the knowledge. So find a good educator, and there's plenty out there, or sign up to an online course, especially while we're not in the shop and people can't come to see us physically. You've got the likes of Kevin Lutchman, Menspire, Charlie Gray, Joshua P, Ben Brown, Mike Langley, Hair Tribe TV, 3 Education, all these platforms that will educate you on how to execute longer haircuts. The last step in the process is to find a method that suits you and is easy to understand. <clears throat> then it's practice time. So practice over and over and over again so you know the method theoretically and you understand the reason why each movement or section is done. Then, when you can do it practically over and over again without getting it wrong, you're done. So, see what we did there was, we decided on what we wanted the output to be. Then when we reached the outcome by solely focusing on the input. Now you do the same for each one of the goals that you've set. Look at the goal, then write down the system that you need to get in place. So if it is paint the shed, what do you need to do to, to get that done? You need to set out the time. Okay, I've looked at the weather. It's going to be nice and sunny on Wednesday. I'm going to get up at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to put out sheets all around the shed. I'm going to brush the shed to make sure there's no cobwebs or shit all over it. And then I'm going to set all the tools out. The system there is in place and it makes sure that we get it done. I actually did a recent online education program with a company called Amos Academy and they were based in Prague and that was one of the best teams I've ever worked with in my, my entire life. None of them actually worked in the hair industry which made it incredible for the videography and the setting, lighting, everything about it was just, it was absolutely mint. It was, it was tough and it was challenging cutting and doing clipper work in that certain lighting but it was about going over the process and the method and the system that I used to get from A to B. It wasn't just the cutting that was challenging also, it was actually educating in that kind of in that kind of manner. I'm very much an impromptu and momentum-based educator, so I don't tend to have anything planned, but I know exactly what it is I'm going to say. And having to start and stop and one haircut taking five hours. It made it very, very difficult. You forget things and you, you can't go from or bounce from one thing to another. It's almost, it's unscripted and it is off the cuff. But let's just say that it was something completely different, which was good because I, I remember mentioning in a previous podcast that I like being shit at something. Being shit at something makes me a lot more humble at the fact that there's so much more that I have to do and so much more that I have to gain experience in. But these guys were absolutely amazing and a pleasure to work with. 
and that's released on the 20th of April. So get over to Amos Academy on Instagram and have a look. You will not be disappointed for what you get for your money. It's phenomenal. And in terms of effort, you know, I signed off on a really, really cheesy note on a previous podcast saying work harder than anyone else in the room and you'll be successful. Now, it was difficult to work harder than any of these guys in the room because everyone were working so hard. But yeah, Amos Academy, make sure you give it a look. So uh, in the last episode, I asked you to write down five things that you didn't like about yourself and that you wanted to change. And don't worry if you didn't write them down because I know that it was kind of impractical to listen to our podcast and start pulling out a notepad. Um, But at least I know that some of you will have thought about it. Now, your end goal is to change that behavior or to change that negative into a positive. So this exercise that I've just mentioned is is so good for doing that. You think of the steps that you need to initiate the change or you think of the negative and then write the system in place that you need to do to change it. Now, a really good example for me was my old lifestyle meant that I would take in so much information daily. Everything to do with the shops, everything to do with banking, our accountant, retail orders, supplier orders, our shop in Lytham, replying to all the messages that I got, replying to emails, booking flights, and just loads and loads of things. There would be so much information I'd take in every single day. And I'd obviously go home and drink myself numb every single night. And the day after, I would have completely forgotten, I would say, 50% of the things that I had to do. So out of necessity, I had to figure out a way of never forgetting this information. So I started making notes in a journal, which included keeping things like job lists, correspondence lists, daily, weekly goals. And then as time went on, I started the the list in priority order. Then I added a diary to transfer each job into the diary so I wasn't getting overwhelmed each day with one big job list. And creating these lists just became a really, really good habit every single morning and I would tick them off as I went along and not only was I getting a sense of achievement but I was getting shit done. I didn't always finish the job list every single day but um, I, I never went a day without knowing exactly what I had to do by the end of the day or what I had to do the day after and that was the solution to my problem. The one thing that I wanted to change in my life was stopping drinking and making sure that I remembered each job that I had to do every single day Um, and I attacked each one using a different system and even continuing to write in my journal it's something that I still do every single day now and that kind of leads me on to this week's book recommendation and that is a book called Atomic Habits by a gentleman called James Clears and again I felt that this book didn't just help me on a professional level but also helped me on a personal level too and I started to adopt the methods of creating good habits and getting rid of bad ones and that's simply the gist of the book how we can make tiny adjustments to everyday life that will in time have a much bigger impact so for example if a plane in Manchester was moved to the left one degree you wouldn't even know it had moved you wouldn't even see it change but by the end of a five-hour journey it would be thousand miles away from its original destination. And one part I particularly liked was a section on developing a stronger identity and believing in yourself, which is something that we all do. We doubt ourselves and we put ourselves down. And this really helps change your mindset. So 
if you do have a read please let me know what you think drop me a message on instagram um and that concludes this episode so as always i'd like to thank everyone for listening um i'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a review share on social media and any topics that you'd like me to cover please just drop me a message and until next time stay safe and stay at home